Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. That's kind of cool that it says recording in progress. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I've got Alexia Allen with me today. And uh, and so I should probably explain a little bit that I sent an out a thing on the dailyish email where basically it's like I fucked up. Um, I gotta I, I've gotta move money from PayPal into this other thing, and I got to do it today. Only there's not enough money in PayPal, and it takes three to five business days to move the money from my bank into PayPal. And um, so. What I did is I sent out a daily email saying I screwed up. And um, so to try to come up with money like really, really fast, I made this offer. And I said uh, I will uh, provide a quickie consult for an hour for 100 bucks uh, over Zoom or phone or whatever. And so um, – and what I learned was that I set that price too low. <laughs> I got – 15 people in like 12 hours and it's like, ah, stop, 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 stop. So I took the link out. <laughs> That's plenty. <laughs> There's more money than I needed. And, uh, and now I've got 15 of these. And so Alexia, you foolishly forked over a hundred bucks. You didn't need to fork over a hundred bucks. I would gladly record a podcast with you whenever you want. Um, oh yeah. Well, I've, I have painted myself into some financial corners, uh, Paul, so my heart really went out to you, <laughs> and especially uh, because, I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but it's not that talking with you is so valuable. It is that all the thinking I do before and after about what we're going to say is where I really get the 100 bucks worth. So I love talking with you, and it just, you know, it really provides another reflection, another mirror for me to bounce my ideas around. And I just stand out there in the garden thinking, what am I going to say to Paul? And then for another two weeks, I'm going to be standing out there thinking, what the heck did I say to Paul? <laughs> and uh that's that's really valuable, too. So and I'm really fond of you and what you what you're doing. Like the, the more time goes on, I realize, oh, my gosh, yes, let's keep Paul rocking and rolling. So here I am. So you and said, I hope this is a relatively painless hour for you, too. You, so you said something like, don't take this the wrong way. So, of course, my instinct is, is oh, I'm totally going to take this the wrong way. <laughs> you can't you tell me what to do. Paul, please, yeah. please, be, be offended <laughs> then, as well. Then you said a whole bunch of other things, making it so that I can't take it the wrong way. And so it's <laughs> like, uh, all right, well, mm. let's let's do this now. The, the, the first thing, when, in your email to me about things you wanted to talk about, it seems like at the tippy top of the list is residual income streams, or sometimes called passive income streams. Mm-hmm. And um, and and I want to I want to just insert my own gobbledygook real quick because you've got a thing that you made that you want to start selling. Sure. And we're going to get to that in a second. <clears throat> but I keep finding people when we talk about passive income or residual income. They talk about investments. Like, I'm going to take $20,000 and put it over 
Yeah. And then, looky there, I got thousands of dollars back in time. And I kind of feel like, I feel like investing is different than passive income. I, and so, but, all right, so there are people out there that, that think that investing is passive income and it's like, okay, that's over there. And I'm going to, that's not what we're going to talk about today. And that's not really my thing. I, I think, I think investing is kind of the same as gambling. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're really good at gambling, you can make great money. And it's like, if you really suck at investing, you're going to lose it all. And so how do you know if you're going to suck at it or be great at it? And so I don't know. And then in the world of investing, a lot of people are like into the crypto. And boy, there's a lot of people wanting to talk about all that. Everybody wants to get my touch. I've had people wanting to get onto my podcast just to talk about crypto. And I kind of feel like, I think that uh, this should be a different thing. I mean, permaculture, but I, I really feel like passive income, the way that's kind that we're going to talk about is a great way to get out of the rat race. And, um, it's so simple and easy. Plus, I, the core of it, I think, is so aligned with, I think, my values and your values um, and the values of most people listening here, and it's so simple, really. One other thing I want to kind of poop on is a lot of people are like, um, they, they think they call passive income something where uh, you buy a house that you're going to rent out. And I kind of feel like, I don't think that's exactly passive income either because there's a bunch of work there that you got to do. Whereas I kind of feel like, I I feel like a great example is with Sean Klassen Coop, my co-author for building a better world in your backyard. So he just helped. He just stepped in and wanted to help, Massage some of my articles into a book. And, um, and, and basically he's just a very generous guy. He did a bunch of stuff for free and he's just helping all kinds of people. And he helped me just because he wanted to. And then we worked on it so long that it was like, you know what? I think we could make this into a Kickstarter. And then we did it. We make it, made it into a really nice book. And then after the Kickstarter was over, as was our agreement, um, we just walked away. Nobody owes anybody anything, and it's like we each have an unlimited distribution license. I am sick to death of Amazon, so he put it up on Amazon. It just sits there, and his bank account gets fatter every month um, because people are buying the book. And it's all set up on autopilot. So he can go out into the middle of the ocean – in a sailboat or a raft or, I don't know, a stick of wood, whatever. He's out in the middle of the ocean. That's the story. Far away from the Internet. And um, he could be out there for a year. And, and he does, so he does nothing at all. And he comes back and his bank account got fatter every month while he was away. That is passive income. That's a residual income stream. So um, he did work at the beginning, but the work that he did was out of just generosity. And um, and so now he's got this residual income stream. 
So, yeah. um, and now I also get a non-limited distribution license and I put it up on Permies and Permies is a fully automated system. And so I can do the same thing, go out to the ocean. When I come back 12 months later, my bank account is fatter. It just sat there. All the machinations continued. Um, and I didn't have to do anything. To me, that's a passive income or residual income stream. Yes. Um, now, <clears throat> so things that are not are going to be, I think, investments for buying rental property. But other people believe that those are. Another one I've seen is some people are like, you buy a vending machine. And then that's, they call that a passive income. And it's like, I, that still doesn't, you gotta go refill the vintage. That doesn't right. sound passive. And so. I think for me, it's been a question of like, okay, you know, I've even written a blog post about this and stuff, or people contact me wondering what sort of marketing help I need. And for years, I've been like, listen, I don't have anything to market. Like, I cannot take your marketing help because I have nothing that needs more people to buy it. I don't want more people to come to the farm for tours. I, our programs are jam-packed through word of mouth because if you get a bunch of homeschool moms on your side, oh my gosh, like your programs will be full, <laughs> you know, to the degree, to all the degree that we want to, like how many footsteps can our land take? We are at capacity there. And how much produce do we want to sell? Um, not any more than we already do. And we get a lot of more mileage out of giving produce away than out of selling it. I mean, there's no way I can cover my property taxes taking squash down to the farmer's market at, you know, $2 a pound. Uh, and even then people are going to be like, no, it's too expensive. So I was like, well, what? What is a marketable thing? And I've been having a blast doing garden consulting for folks, just local folks in the area, including people I do it with uh, by telephone, because I really love teaching and mentoring and helping people. Like, that is my happy place. Whatever industry I've been working in, if I am able to educate, I'm able to listen to people, hear what their issues are, offer solutions, that is is what I want to do. And then finally, like kind of with my fingernails dragging, uh, realize that I can do this digitally. And yes, it's that passive thing where I can put in the effort that's really fun for me, writing little bits and pieces. Who knows what exactly those will be like? That's part of what I would love to hear from you too. And just putting those out there and people at their own convenience can boop, push a button and digitally get these things uh, for for cheap. And I've put a couple of things out there and I realize, all right, my break-even point, and I, I hope this is a low bar, like if 25 people buy this every year for the next three years, that, like, I cover my costs, you know, so to speak. Like, and so I'm hoping that's a low bar. Um and it really seemed like a fun thing. It has been super duper fun for me to write this. And, you know, like you were talking about with your book, some of that labor up front, it's about what's fun. Like the people who want to buy houses and who want to invest in the stock market, like, great. I know people for whom that is super duper fun. I'm very fun motivated and I'm just trying to do what's fun for me. 
and then really to see, can I help more people with this? Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the context. That's kind of the backstory of why would Hawthorne Farm, you know, put out something like this now? So I, I kind of feel like, um, you're on the right track in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, for all the stuff that you're doing, but at the same time, it's like, I, I think that the most important thing you just said is blog. Hmm. And, and the reason is, is that, um, because when you go and you write a blog thing, I suspect that you enjoy writing it. And then you're going to send out an email to your email list. And you're going to say, look, I wrote a blog thing, a bloggy blog. There it is. I just said the words this morning. Here it is. And then they read it and they're like, you're so smart. You're cool. We like you. And stuff like that. Like these words are the best. And, and so it's like, yay, you've written a little ditty, a little thingamabob. And then people loved it. You gave it away for free. You never at any point said, give me the monies. You just mm-hmm. wrote the thing and you felt lovely. They felt lovely. Everybody's feeling lovely. It was a lovely thing. Then yeah. let's suppose that you do that a couple of times a week for a year. And then you start uh like writing the check for those taxes. And you're like, man, these Tax things, they suck. And, um, or you're writing a check for a new roof or you're writing a check and it's like, ah, money. I should, I should make more money come in. Ah. How do I monetize my bloggy blog? And, and it's like, then it's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a shitty ebook. And and then you're going to go grab all the little bits and bobs from the bloggy blog that kind of go together to make a shitty ebook. Can it, can it be a good ebook? Well, I think to make a good ebook, um, the difference is is you're going to take all all those things that you just grabbed and glued together, and now you're going to have to kind of. Reword them. I mean, basically, that's what the Better World book is. So we sat down to make a shitty ebook, and then, um, and so all the content was there, and then we said, "Hey, what if we make a good ebook?" And that took an extra year and a half of time, <laughs> because then you're kind of like, okay, you know, um, we have to write an introduction to the book now. That what you know because we just glued a bunch of blogs together of sort. I mean, I don't write a, I don't really do a blog. I've got the pseudo blog at Permies, but there's things that I wrote that are about these different topics, and we're kind of gluing all these pieces together on these different topics. So um, we basically made a shitty ebook, which is just a copy and paste of all these basically essays. And then it's like, well, if we're going to make it a good book, we need an introduction. And we need kind of a strategy for the book. Like, what is the, what is the message of the whole book? And then go to each of the essays and like, let's see if we can improve the quality of each essay by 
which is probably going to mean shrinking it to half the size while saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so improve the quality of the writing. Um, and, uh, and then along the way, um, you know, make it a little more fun than the original product, the original thing that we wrote. So it's, so it's like that's, I mean, we thought it might add four months, but it actually added a year and a half. Um, but hey, maybe you're way better at writing than I am. And so it won't take you any time at all, really. But I'm yes. Definitely not faster, but I am good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> not better than you, but I'm good. Okay. So I think a great place to start is to make a shitty ebook. Mm-hmm. Because when you make a shitty ebook, now you can make, now you can take the same thing and now you can make a good ebook. And it's like, you know, I have a variety of, uh, of shitty ebooks out there. Some of which, in fact, during the summer events, um, I had a lot of people talk to me, um, uh, about the Permaculture Thorns book that is a book that I wrote about community living. Which I love, by the way. Oh, you've read it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Page Turner couldn't put it down, Paul. It was great. Really? That's yeah. my shitty ebook. That's my. And it's amazing how it's like. I think that there were six different people who came here and they've read it and they just needed to talk about it. Man, maybe that book is better than I think it is. I just keep thinking like, this book can never be a Kickstarter book because I don't think hardly anybody is going to want to read it. And um, it's just not a topic that is a big seller kind of topic. And, really? Uh, wow. And so you're thinking, no, you, you think this baby's got legs. I think so. I think it needs some editing. Reading through it, I could kind of look through it like, okay, this is where Paul was really on fire and inspired. Or like, this is a piece he's come back and edited. And this stuff still needs a little working. But the whole, like, human interest piece, that's what – Definitely grabs me. Somebody told me they thought it was a biography. Like they read it and they said it's like an autobiography for this period of my life. And I kind of thought, I don't think so. Did, <laughs> did, it, did it feel that way to you at all? Um, I mean, every piece of artwork illuminates the creator to some degree, but also everybody just sees whatever the heck they're going to see in it. So, um, Oh. Yeah, I didn't – I just, you know, chalked it up to the creative process and didn't work. I was mostly using it to reflect on my own experiences with community living, uh, you know, past, present, and future. So that's – it was really helpful to me. I wonder if you recognize some of the stories because I tr- I changed the names to protect the innocent. Well so, done, yeah. Like the story of Andy – is somebody in your neighborhood? <laughs> I, I, you know, I just wasn't trying to do that much detective work. I was just trying to take the stories for okay. whatever value they could give me in the moment, and just All right. know that, I mean, I mean, ba- the takeaway being that humans are complicated, and there are some good general patterns to be aware of. So, yeah, right. I think I, you made that very well. I think we need to design our community systems to work with people being human as opposed to other community designs will not function unless all participants are noble. (laughs) 
Wow, I am not going to get myself credit for being noble on any given day. Um, but more on more in community living in a bit. Tell me how you sell an ebook. Like, I, okay, here I have all these great words. I've polished them for a year and a half. They're looking pretty good. Now, ta-da, how does it go from my barely connected to the Internet computer out to the thousands of eager people who want to read it? Okay, all right. Um, well, A, you have a mailing list. I suspect that my mailing list is bigger than yours. So, uh, this is, yeah. I just turned this into a pissing match, which is funny. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Hey, I'm not, I'm, I am happy with my scale. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, 300 people, a nice, a nice solid 300 beloved people on my list. So I, I gotta say that having a mailing list is like such an important piece of this. Um, and it's like, it's not exactly part of the passive thing, but it, it's kind of like help get it off the ground thing. Cause you're right. To make a shitty ebook, and I, and I know you want to write a good ebook, but I'm going to just stick with mine, which, which, yeah. which you're right. Permaculture Thorns needs editing, and I think I've got like a dozen points in the book where it says to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, when we did the summer events, then, um, the questions being asked of me during this, cause like at lunch every day, it's like we can talk about, you know, a different topic every day. And a lot of the lunch topics were like, I, when reading Permaculture Thorns, it says to do, and then it had a name, and I want to hear all about what you're going to put in that to do. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was the topic of the day. And so we, we talked about it. So people, like, you know, made notes about these to do's. All right. That's a book that needs work, but it's like it was it was fairly quick, quickly thrown together. And i got to do a shout-out to Jennifer Richardson, who helped me get it into condition to even be a shitty ebook because I think it says on page one, this is version 0.7 beta. And, uh, there's still a lot of work to be done, including a lot of editing work. Um, but it, 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 you know, if, if it were to go to print today, it would be a 200 page book. I think my rough guess is, um, but it's like, uh, really it needs, it needs some polish. Um, <clears throat> The the thing is, is that what, I, what I'm trying to go with is I've got like six shitty ebooks right now, and they're available on Permies. And I think that Permaculture Thorns has been purchased by three people. That's a guess, maybe maybe five. And um, but what I have done is. There's been different areas where I have different income things, and I'm like, if you do this, I'll throw in this shitty ebook. And so there's been a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to quickly point out a thing um, which is relevant to what we're talking about, because very good. You are keeping me on track, and yet I'm going to wander off, and you might need to bring me back here again in about two minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> there is a guy who um, is a musician. And, uh, and he wanted to quit his job. And so, uh, uh, he made a couple songs and put them up on different places and a few people downloaded them and he got like a, a dollar a pop or something like that. And, um, it was a beginning. And so he decided to quit his worky job and become a full-time musician. 
And so the promise he made to himself was he would put out a new song every week. Because I think a lot of people get a lot, get, get powerfully dreamy and then they, they produce nothing over years. <clears throat> and then they have to go back to their worky job because funds got tight. Um, but this guy, and I'm not recommending this strategy. I'm, rec- I'm going to recommend a different strategy, but I think it's good to look at this guy and see how well it worked out for him. He put out a new song every week, and then after, like, uh, not even a year, he started getting more income than he used to get from his worky job. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen to everybody, <clears throat> but he was doing it so he could be productive <clears throat> and with the intent of making money. I'm going to advocate <clears throat> that the intent needs to be to give stuff away for free, to help other people for free, to do stuff for free, to do a whole bunch of stuff for free. Now, right now, you tell people all kinds of free things. You give stuff away for free. You write your bloggy blog for free. Um, and then you, you say fun things over your – you have a hoot. You have a good time writing your – email to 300 people. Now, how long have you had this email list? Um, five, six years. Wow. That is a long time to get only 300 people. I would have thought that, I thought you were going to say like six months. And I'm, oh, no. Using years. I don't put it out too far and wide, but I guess I could. I guess that would be another good thing to do. I I didn't have an email list for a long time, and then Jack Spierko kept hounding me like twice a month and like telling me how easy it is to start, and he gave me all of the links. And it's like, here, like I've hand-done this for you. Follow these instructions, and it'll be like about four minutes, and you'll have an email list. Um. So I finally did it, and suddenly it filled up very fast. Like, um, uh, it was with a service. Like, if it's less than a thousand people, <clears throat> the service, the email service is free. Mm-hmm. And then when you hit like a thousand, then it's like ten dollars a month or something. And then when you hit, uh, five thousand, it's more. And at ten thousand, it's like, uh, I don't know, I'm going to guess $100 a month, but mm-hmm. somehow I got to 31,000 people and it was costing me 500, over $500 a month for this mailing list. And then it's kind of like, man, you better come up with something to tell these people that brings in money or else mm-hmm. you're not going to pay for the, the stupid email list. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I got to convert it over to be on Permies, which um, – doesn't cost anything now other than just, you know, server charges and stuff like that, which is a lot less. But then the email list stopped growing. Um, that's a whole other podcast for a whole other day. But the thing is, is that when you have a new product, you can get that. Because you were saying something like, if I want to make a little ebook, if it sells this many copies for three years, I'll get my money back from all this time and expense that I put into making it exist. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, but if you've got 3,000 people on your mailing list and then, like, I don't know, uh, one out of 20 buys your book, then 
your expenses will be covered right then, right? Yeah. And so um, <clears throat> then everything that comes after that is your passive income. It's mm-hmm. gravy. And so it's like I think that's that's a fun – that's probably a very happy path way to, to do this. <clears throat> okay. This is my long-winded way of saying um, maybe you can come up with um, three to six little things each year, and then after that, one big thing each year. And and it's and I'm going to put like extra maybe sauce on this. No obligations. Mm-hmm. You know. It's, it's, it's more like a warm thought. But the important thing is, is it's 100% born from giving stuff away for free. And, and I feel like that's an important component because when people start talking to you about passive income streams, then they seem to be really hyper-focused on how do I make money? I want to make money with passive income. Give me the fucking money. And I, and I kind of feel like that, for me anyway, if I try to do that, it oftentimes just doesn't work. I create a crappy product. And on top of that, it becomes kind of a poison to me trying to get it to work. And I'm totally with you. Like, I I agree, and I'd love to. <laughs> like, the main motivation for me is getting people connected with their land and with their gardens. Like if that happens, I'm willing to put in the time and energy. I like I'll I'll chip in the server fees if I know that there are 500 people out there spending time in their gardens every week just, you know, observing what happens or whatever. So, yeah, with you, I'm just like, "Huh, how do I balance that with like how or if would people want to chip in money for it? I would also get personal satisfaction about people valuing that effort. So I kind of feel like what works great is that, um, like, whenever you're going to write a bloggy blog, your first words are, oh, 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 hey, 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 you know what would be cool? And then the bloggy blog pops out. Mm -hmm. There it is, right? There, and then it's like, uh, then, then like, uh, six months later, you go, oh, 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 hey, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what would be cool is if I took 24 of those bloggy blogs, like these 24, the ones I'm looking at right now, they all kind of are related. They're kind of similar. I can get a bucket of glue and glue them all together and it'll make a shitty ebook. Mm. Then you do that, and then you go, oh, oh ha, 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 hey, you know what would be cool is if I take my shitty ebook and I like actually edit it and clean it up and make a good ebook. I'll like add two more chapters and uh, take the ones I've already written and make them make them half the size by good writing or better writing or just polish and thinking about Shakespeare every day or whatever, and. Then it would be even cooler, and then it would be like instead of it being a one dollar ebook, maybe it'll be like a ten dollar ebook. Ah, how about that? 
Okay, I want to tell you the things that I want to make, and I'm just going to bounce them off of you, and you can suggest tweaks. You can say, no, do this instead, or, hey, people keep asking me about X, Y, or Z. Try something like this. So um, my flavor is nature connection and observation. Like I am really big on that observation piece. I'm like, what the heck is actually happening outside right now in my garden with my plants who are actually noticing and caring what's happening right now. Like what direction is the wind coming from? Is it raining? Is it not raining? You know, what does the soil feel like? What does the soil smell like? So this is inspired by some of the questions I've been getting from garden clients. And so I put together a super basic, like here's a water worksheet. Here are things to discover about your water in your garden, you know, how dig, dig a hole, see what it's like, you know, tell me about your, the water that you use to water your plants. Tell me about the root systems, dig a hole, like pull up a plant and find out similar kind of thing for soil. Like to find, to find me the biggest rock in your garden. What's it like? What's the color like? What does it feel like in your hands? Because there's so much garden advice out there. People are like, what should I read? What should I do? And I'm like, well, it all depends. You know, do you have sandy soil or do you have clayey soil? You're going to just need to adjust accordingly based on what's actually there. And this is a big world, people. So what is actually happening for you in your garden? Um. So that's been some of my motivation to just ask people. Now, a lot of people, myself included, are not real driven to pay a lot of attention. It's definitely an effort. It's definitely a different habit to build. So I'm kind of curious. In some ways, it's hard to start small because I'm like, I want to do everything for everybody. Like, I just want to create a huge, like, why can't we just have a garden observation industry instead of an entertainment industry. Um, so, yeah, that's I'm kind of thinking of, like, what are the digestible bite-sized pieces that I can give people? And, yes, I can give them away. Like, I'm not attached to selling all this stuff. What I'm doing is very, very dumb, to borrow one of your words there, uh, Paul. I'm like, this is, like, yes, I'm just asking people, like, with at least the products that I've put up so far, I'm asking people to just go sit outside and just look at stuff. And I'm like, people do not need to pay me for that. <laughs> they can go do it on their own for free. It's more like, does paying for it help them actually go do it to their own benefit? Um, so what I sent you was a 20 pages of garden observation stuff. And I'm just trying to do one for every season. Again, it's something that I use. I'm like, well, I can't make everything for everybody, but I can make what I know is going to be helpful to me. And hopefully it's going to be helpful to somebody else. So here are 20 pages, each with a space to write about your soil and your weather and the plants and the animals and the human impacts on your garden and a couple of questions sprinkled throughout there like where's a yellow flower right now uh where's a member of the pea family right now what direction is the wind coming from right now so again and it sounds like you didn't think much of it which is totally great and i'm totally up for feedback or different formatting questions but i am like in such um a low-tech mentality that i'm like I don't even know what format to put this in. Like I can write it on my computer and then I do, I do I send it out as a PDF? 
do I sell it as a PDF? Like what? I don't even know what's possible in terms of the cool digital product availability things out there. So I guess that's two parts. That's like, Hey, tell me some of the, you know, anything that stood out to you from my general product ideas and also enlighten me a little more on the digital front. Um, yeah, that's a two part. So that's a two part question there. I, I think I have some feedback that you will really like. Great. All right. Yes, I do not care for what you sent me. It it is a stinker. It's <laughs> great. That's super helpful. <laughs> I was I was just you know following you. I was just like put something out there. Nope. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. But I've got an idea along these lines for something that you're going to super enjoy doing, and the final product will be absolutely magnificent. <laughs> great. Let's let's say that this that you're going to end up three years from now, or let's say two years from now, you're going to end up with this magnificent book that's made out of twenty chapters. Chapter seven is called Dig a Hole. So what you do is that A, you go into your garden and you dig a hole. 18 inches wide and 18 inches deep. And you take pictures of it and you talk about what you observe in the hole that you dug. So you're going to say something like, it looks like I've got topsoil about three inches deep and then it turns into kind of a sand. And then underneath that is something that looks really light-colored and gray. But the sand has kind of like got some organic matter to it, but it's not topsoil. And then you get down to the bottom, and it's like there's really not any clay. Something like that. You're going to talk about your hole. And you might even go and dig three different holes. Each hole has a whole different story. I accidentally. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Poetry just pours out of me. Okay. <laughs> so you've got the story of three different holes. It's kind of fun, right? And so then what you do is you send the thing out on your email list, and it's like, today we're going to talk about holes. And I want all of you to read what I wrote about the holes. And then. I want you to go dig your own damn hole and write your thoughts about it. And then you'll send it to me, and I will tell you how stupid your thoughts about your hole are. And I will tell you my thoughts about your hole, which are great thoughts. (laughs) Something like that. The thing is, is that just like that, Paul. That sounds. That's exactly what I'm gonna say. Great, keep going. Okay, 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 okay. So then, now you've got this story of your three holes, and now you've got like twelve more holes to talk about. Now you kind of write an ebook. It is the ebook of holes, and it's going to be fifteen, twenty, twenty pages long. <clears throat> it's 20 pages and then you're going to share it back to all the people who 
seem to have some thoughts about holes. And each of them get an opportunity to comment on all the other holes. And you can have conversations with everybody about these holes, because now there's 15 holes. There's your three and the 12 new ones. And so uh, all 13 people can come together and talk about all these holes. And then you can note all the cool observations about all of the different holes in your area and what what you can learn from a hole. What does the hole say? Now I think you've got like a, a really – a really good shitty ebook. It's it's only like maybe twenty or thirty pages long, and um, but it's talking about so many different holes and all the different observations of all these different holes. I and then not only that, you might even find some other people that like are experts in your area, and they'll have some additional observations which will go in with some of the holes, like four or five of the holes. It's like right there. You see that right there? That means this. You know, and it's kind of like then for each hole, there could be like seven or eight different people commenting on their observations of that hole from just the pictures of that hole. I think that, that this would make a pretty handy. Then I think the thing is, is like once you put together, like let's say it's a 30 page ebook, just about holes. Then I, and he say, for all you people who didn't go out and dig a hole, I will let you gaze upon our ebook for three ninety nine or four bucks. And uh, you'll probably get like 30 people who will buy it, but we're not done yet. Now, the next month, you're going to start a new thing, and it's all about the time of the dandelion. Because I think a cool thing that that Fred told me recently is that when a dandelion puffball, you see the very first dandelion puffballs, that's the moment when morels start. You can start finding morel mushrooms. I thought that that was an amazing thing because that's what you're talking about is this is this garden journal of observations and and so it's kind of like um that would be some really great other observations so like another one is 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 like um plant your peas when the first crocuses bloom i always kind of thought that was an amazing observation that is the perfect time it's true what an awesome time to plant your peas so I kind of feel like um, these kinds of observations are good. So you might have another chapter that's going to be from all these different people. Like you could write out to all these people, like, here are, you know, my observations like this. Who has other observations like this? And then we can all comment on those people's observations and compare them to your observations. And there could be this whole other chapter about triggers, say. The puffball mm. says it's time for you to get off your ass and go look for those morels. Hmm. You know, the crocus is blooming. Time to get off your ass and plant those peas. So that would be another observation thing. 
But the other thing is, is that there could be, um, uh, I don't know, you could come up with, like, I think that the digging the whole thing is a really good one. But I think um, uh, coming up with um, not just go out and observe, but on top of that, go out and observe, but then other people who did this observation, here's what they came up with. Yeah. <clears throat> I would I love I love that idea and I think that's super motivating. It just sounds like more work than I want to do. Or like more mm, organization. Well so, but I'll fold it in. I mean I love it. It does sound fun. I'm just hmm. So you start not. off with a bloggy blog mm-hmm. about the hole, and then you make a couple more holes. Then you invite other people to dig their holes. And that's more bloggy blogs. And then you end up with this 30 page ebook, which you yeah. can sell for four bucks. Now mm-hmm. you do like, um, I don't know, a dozen more of those. And then when you take those dozen ebooks and you can glue them together into observation gardening by Alexia Allen. Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. So here's where you're going to earn your hundred bucks. <laughs> when you say, um, I am, I'm super curious and happy for whatever you've got. When you take a look at the garden journal that I've written and you're like, this is a stinker. Tell me why I must know. Like, you're like, oh, this is super boring. Or like, and eh, these questions aren't relevant. Or like, I don't like looking at a PDF. Like, what makes it stinky? Okay. So the thing you sent me, it looks like, does it have the exact same thing over and over and over again? It's the exact same thing, yeah, with with different questions on each page. The idea being, like, you take one out to your garden every week or whatever, or, you know, twice a week, and you, like, fill in new observations. But that could be super boring. Yeah, I think, I think that there's I, – I think that this kind of stuff can be good in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, like, instead of it being, <clears throat> okay, so rather than it being the, the summer garden journal, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be more of a, a gardener's soul building exercise. <laughs> That's okay. a great title. All right. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Because rather than like, I'm going to just, you know, take some notes and then what am I, gonna do with this it's like no here's here's the thing it turns out that if you go and you pick a spot and you just sit in that spot and you and you answer these questions with as much detail as you can like 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 fill it in tiny print that by the time you get to the bottom that it'll have taken you about 45 minutes to fill out this page but ask yourself, are you, is your soul richer for having done it? And I think that, cause, cause I think this is like the, some of the magic with observation mm-hmm. is it sounds to me like a, when I take, like if I take a single piece of paper like this and I've stuck it on a clipboard or uh, on top of a book or whatever, and then I, you go out and it's like, this is what your chore is for the day or the morning or whatever. 
it just sounds like it is a waste of but there's a there's a bizarre thing that happens is that when you do it it is wacky how if you sit in one spot and you answer the questions about the things that you're seeing there and you and you could say you are required by law to sit there for <laughs> at least 40 minutes you uh-huh. have to sit there for at least 40 minutes and that's the deal, if, you know. Mm. And so it's like, okay, you go out there and you sit there for 40 minutes and you try to answer all these little questions about what do you see. What I'm trying to say right now is is that it is bizarre how suddenly by doing this, what seems like a stupid task is crazy soul building. Like, Like I am... I am a far better person at the end of the 40 minutes, and I cannot explain how that happened. Magic happened. There was some some kind of unexplainable magic thing that happened. And now, and now I am a more valuable person by my standards, living within my own skin, than I was when I started this. Because when I started this, I was like, this is stupid. I don't want to do it. I'm dumb. It's waste my time. I'm going to have more important things to do. And then you do it. And at the end, it's kind of like this weird feeling of like, wow, I had no idea we even had an insect like that anywhere here. I've never seen an insect like that. Um, and why, where were those ants going all in a row like that? What was up with that? Were they going to go find something? And then I find that I usually have a story about those ants that I wrote down. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but, but anyway, I, I want to start going on about a story about ants walking in a row, but that's, that, that's a tangent you don't need. Okay. The thing is, is that I'm going to state from my perspective that by filling out this stuff, but by setting up different requirements of what you set up, but by setting up, it's a soul building thing. It's, there's soul building magic there. Unexplainable soul building magic. That's- yes, you are a poet, Paul. That's exactly it. And I'm like, I don't, I can't say that there's one perfect way to deliver that magic, but I just want people, I want to help people find that magic wherever they happen to be on the planet. So, um, I kind of feel like what I'm looking at in this document that you've given me is it's, Exactly the same on every page. Yes. And so I kind of feel like it's a bit of a cheat to say it's 22 pages long because you took a page and you copied it like 15 times or something. 20 times. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, well, I also want people to look at, like, they have soil in their garden every time they go, and there's something is happening with plants and with water in your garden every time you go. So, yeah, I was like, do I just make it one page and then have a whole list of questions? I was just like, well, I'll just provide a format that's, you know, where they, I mean, people can write stuff or not, but, like, there is something interesting happening in your soil every moment of every day. It's just a matter of whether or not you pay attention to it. So, 
Yeah, and I thought maybe I should do a little intro video that's on the website, like just to kind of get that inspiration going. So um, next up, <clears throat> along the lines of the uh, soul building um, exercise, mm-hmm. so that I'm looking at one of the pages, which are the same as the other pages. You could um, make it so that there are 20 different pages, 20 different questions, 20 20 different pages of stuff you're going to do. And so so now um, people – so, like, basically the experience is going to be slightly different. You're going to go and observe different things. So basically, it's a soul building experience, but it's not always the same soul building experience. Got it. So I have like a page that's on soil, and like you're going to go out to your garden today with a focus on soil. And then the next page is you're going to go out with a focus on what insects are out there. And the next page is all sorts of cool questions about different plant families and can, how many plant families can you find. And, you know, so that it's not just like soil, water weather, plants, every week, even though I sprinkled the different questions throughout those, but it's probably not enough to, like, really get people necessarily curious to find out, Um, but having more of a, like, you know, multiple different pages, and probably not even 20. I mean, I could do kind of like the soil one page, and then... There are a couple of other components, and then there's the deeper exploration of soil page, and then there's the, okay, now, like, really dig two different holes in your garden and tell me all, write write all about it on this page. So then, I mean, you could have a chapter that's all about the holes, Mm -hmm. and then there's, you could have a chapter that's, like, all about this kind of observation, because you get the people to send, you could have your observations, but then you can have other people send back their observations for this particular page. And then, and then for that chapter, they could all be in chronological order because all these people, they like live in your region, right? I mean, uh, who you, are all these people? You could eventually make it so that it's a bit more global or something, but let's start off with like it's, it's just your region. Like in your area. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, the cool thing is, is like if it's all within 100 miles of you, then doesn't your your new uh, book on, on observation gardening, um, isn't that going to be, it's going to be observation gardening in this area, you, could, you know, um, mm-hmm. northern Cascadia. I don't know, something like that. Then, you know, as people, if, like, for example, for this kind of garden journal and you read a bunch of stuff that's all with these dates that are, like, right around whatever your current date is, people that are reading all these journals will kind of get an idea of, like, what to expect around this date and what they might see if they go out and they journal. And they might get some... uh um ideas of what they might see or what they might write down when they're trying to build their souls. Like what are some things that, that they may or may not observe? 
So um, I I kind of feel like, and then it's it's like a, a shitty ebook that's going to be this you know uh, soul building exercise of observation, and uh, uh, and it might have forty pages to it, maybe even eighty pages because so many people sent you their observations. There they filled out this this piece of paper, <clears throat> and so. Um, uh, some of them were artists, and they drew pictures of leaves, or they drew pictures of the ants. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, I don't know. It could be it could be a very soul building thing to drink from this fountain from these thirty contributors. Of like, it could be it could be the book of spring, the book of summer, and the book of fall. You know, there could be a bit of that. And um, and then, of course, the people in winter, they're going to want to look at the book of spring. <laughs> Here's I know, I've been kind of trying to write the winter garden journal. I'm like, oh, yes. Okay, this is definitely seeming a little repetitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's squishy again. Mm-hmm. Squishy with a little ice on the side. Uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. All so, right. That's that's helpful. Uh, now, one of the things is is that you're kind of selling it to your peeps, um, and there's a way to do it and all that stuff. And um, uh, and of course, on permies.com we have a digital market. You could go and put your PDF on the permies.com digital market. And um, it'll take care of selling it to people and stuff like that. Plus, we have a lot of people who come through the digital market, and then they just, you know, find things on the digital market that they like, and they buy it. Um, and then uh, uh, we've had some people who set their affiliate fee to be like 40 or 50%, and then um, uh, I choose to make advertising on permies.com um, in order to be able to harvest that affiliate fee for my own self. Got it. But permies.com is set up. It's like if you go out to like Gumroad, which I think Gumroad takes like, if I remember correctly, something like 5%. And I'm not sure if that includes the, the money fondling fees. Hmm. Um, but I think it doesn't. So it's like 5% plus money fondling fees. So, um, <clears throat> but on permies, we take 1%. And so PayPal, whenever PayPal does a transaction, it comes back and it says, you know, okay, for that $4 thing, we took 70 cents. Um, and so, uh, and then, and then PayPal will say we took, or, uh, um, Permies will say we took one cent because, or four cents because we take 1%. Mm-hmm. So PayPal took 70 cents, Permies took four cents, and then you get the rest. But then you might set the affiliate fee to be like 50%. So the affiliate mm. got $2. And that means somebody else has a big bloggity blog. And, um, and they said, Hey, 100,000 people, check out what Alexia Allen made. And then they give a link. And then you sell a thousand of them. And so they got $2,000 and you got something like, 1500 because um, 
PayPal took a bunch and Permis took 1%. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but so you end up getting less money than whoever was the affiliate. Um, but, you know, the important thing is, is that, um, uh, in I get your, more money than if I didn't do the affiliate thing. <laughs> yes. And they, and what I found out is, is that a lot of those people that do that, if it doesn't pay a 50% affiliate fee, they won't touch it. Hmm. You know, it's like, I don't want to bother with those little pissant things. You know, I'll only do it if there's a 50% affiliate fee. So, <clears throat> um, so now I've set my, on all of my stuff, all of my stuff has a 50% affiliate fee. So you could, for example, make a bloggy blog and you could say, I read Paul's book, Building a Better World in Your Backyard, instead of being angry at bad guys. And I thought it was great. Here's a link. And you, you give it an affiliate link. Mm-hmm. And then um, let's say you mention it on your email to 300 people and 10 people buy. So then you get uh, fifth, you get half of the money from that. Mm-hmm. You get more than I do for that. Mm-hmm. And then it's on your on your bloggy blog. And so uh, as the years pass, people notice that on your bloggy blog, and then you sell like five more a year. Mm-hmm. And again, you still get more money than I get for each of those sales. But um, like, let's say you get an average of 10 bucks a sale, then you got 50 bucks a year. And over 10 years, that's 500 bucks. So you wrote a bloggy blog saying you like this book. And then over the next 10 years, you get 500 bucks. That is also a residual income stream or a passive income stream because you wrote the blog once and then you walked away and you never did anything more. And then this money keeps coming in every year. Hmm. Okay. The other thing is, is that like, let's say you've made 10 different things. And then um, <clears throat> in the one that people just bought, that we were talking about a second ago, it says other fabulous stuff by the fabulous Alexia Allen. And then it lists the other things. And so then a whole bunch of them sold, like a thousand, I think we said a thousand of them sell. They sold a thousand of them. And then a bunch of people are like, oh, this is so good. And then they see that there's other stuff in there and they come and they buy more things. Yay. And then you get a hundred percent of all that money. Hmm. All right. Wow. All right. Thanks for enlight- illuminating me about some of the digital world. I love the insider scoop on this. I think that the important thing is for you and for me is you start the whole thing <clears throat> from a from a place of giving it away for free. For doing it because it sounds like it's cool. It's it's just because you're having a lovely time and don't put a single thought towards monetization. And then later it's like you think I'll take all these cool things and glue them together to make a monetization thing. That'll be fun. Hmm. And it'll be cheap. And then later, uh, again, it's like, I'm going to take all these cheap things and glue them together into a thing where they were $4 a peep, uh, $4 a pop. <clears throat> and there's 10 of them. But instead of selling it for 40 bucks, I'm going to sell them all glued together for 20 bucks. So it's cheaper for people. And now I feel like I've got a bigger product. The next thing is, is that like, um, for people that have made things that are digital like that, mm-hmm. um, 
another thing that comes up is that <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> Somehow I'm talking too much or something that's making me cough. <laughs> All right. Hopefully I'm done for a while. You talk too much? No, no. Yeah. So uh, um, then I put out a podcast. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not a podcast. I'm putting out a new Kickstarter. I'm doing a new Kickstarter. And I say, hey, Alexia, I'm doing a new Kickstarter. I've got two different options. One is I've got my early bird junk. And which I, I will gladly give my early bird Kickstarter peeps a bunch of stuff for free. And I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll pay you nothing and give your free thing away. And then your first thought is, is like, the fuck? What you been smoking, buddy? I, why would I, why would I be involved in that? And it's like, uh, the bizarre thing is, is a lot of people are because they want people to find out about the amazing Alexia Allen collection of stuff um, and about the amazing Alexia Allen and uh, other things and whatever's in this thing. Hmm. So um, it, it might even say that this is an excerpt from this bigger thing over here that you can go buy for, for more dollars. So, hmm. you know, there will be a point in time when you have this collection of little things and this collection of bigger things. So I'll say, all right, I'm looking for little things to be part of my um, uh, early bird stuff for my upcoming Kickstarter. And like the last Kickstarter, I think we had like 30 different little things that people put up. Um, some of them were like just a chapter from their book. And so um, uh, we did that. Then the other thing is, as we said, uh, we're looking for stretch goal stuff too. And so, um, you know, for this, say, $100 level, we've done this before on Spectre. If you will give us however many copies we need to give to these people of your thing, we'll give you 500 bucks. And so it's like, you know, maybe you're going to get a year's worth of income all in one blip. And so, you know, you'll notice that we had a lot of people that said, yeah, I'll make my thing a stretch goal thing. And um, so we had some pretty cool stretch goal things. And we had some really cool early bird things for our Kickstarter. So, and then later, maybe you'll do a Kickstarter. And this has happened too. I've had like two or three people do Kickstarters and they contact me and they say, do you have anything that we could do that would be an early bird thing? Yes, I do. And then they say, do you have anything that could be a stretch goal thing? Uh, yes, I do. And so I'm helping other people with their Kickstarters in that way also. Cool. Now, and further still, like let's say you've got a bunch of these little things. And then you could say, sign up to my email list and I will give you this little thing for free. Hmm. And so next thing you know, Rather than having 300 people on your mailing list, you've got 3,000. Cool. Okay. I'll keep working on it. Some of what slows me down is just this, you know, sitting in front of the computer time, for which I have very little endurance or patience. But um, maybe, yeah. But I think think the thing is, like, if you do the whole dig a hole thing, which, by the way, you started, like, 
you know, dig a hole and observe. And, but I think what you were saying is, is like, okay, I want all y'all to go out and dig a hole and look at it and think big <laughs> thoughts. All right. <laughs> I'll wait here. Beautifully. Yes. And then, uh, once you think your deep thoughts, just keep those to yourself. I sure as hell don't want to hear it. Okay. Uh-huh. So I, I modified that a bit to say, no, I'm going to first dig the hole and I'm going to make three holes. I'm going to tell you my thoughts. And then I'm going to encourage you all to dig holes. And then I want to hear your thoughts about your hole. Then later, we'll all exchange holes and we'll all have thoughts about each other's holes. Actually, this is kind of sounding like a... Like yeah, I'm like, this, de- this is definitely sounding like something we could get paid big bucks for on the Internet, Paul. Um, <laughs> 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 well, I guess part of my thought was, can I get a can I get a whole bunch of people to go out and dig holes and any of them who really want to talk about their holes can give me a call? Because it turns out you're totally into holes like this. I do. I mean, yeah, or like, what's happening? Or where do you think I should plant this? Or what do I do with a chestnut tree? And I can say, well, this is what's happened with my land. I've really enjoyed talking on the phone with people and visiting people and having more of those personal interactions. I just feel like I need to get 8,000 people out there having some kind of basic observations for me to then have... Ten people a month call me up and spend an hour talking on the phone, talking about their holes or whatever else they want to talk about. But that that was kind of a uh, when I extended the thought of, you know, why do I want what what is the benefit for me of getting this out? And I am happy to give away the whole garden journal scene, you know, just give it away. It's like, okay, well, then if people want to kind of hire me on for an hour of a conversation and that soul building. I love the gardener's soul building exercise concept because that is pretty much what it's about, or at least that's my flavor. It I'm what my flavor of gardening. I'm like, yes, connect with the land, like get in touch with your soul, like your land, your garden's going to be so much better for it. You're going to be better. It's just this like awesome cycle of health that builds. So yeah, I do feel the lack of, personal connection or personal inspiration or people able to give feedback on it too. So thanks for pointing that out. That could be kind of a cool little, almost like workshop-y thing that you do, like a little mm-hmm. weekend thing hmm. where, where people, cause I know you're already packed to the gills and you don't want any more people coming out to your place cause you've got too many already. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that if you've got too first of all, if you've got too many people now, I think one of – isn't there the whole law of supply and demand? Like, aren't you supposed to raise your prices or something? Yes, that could be good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we had this chat. Yes. So, but um, I think, like, a weekend thing could be gardener's observation. And then you're, like, you're going to tell everybody, like, okay, take this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And y'all have to sit at least 50 feet away from each other. No talking! <laughs> Just silent! And so, you know, then you spread them out, and then they all come back going, my soul is so full now. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah. And so they didn't know that they were going to, like, that was going to be a thing that happened until, like, you made them go and do it. 
That's how I experienced it during my PDC day made me go and do it. You have to go do this. Yep. And then, um, and it was like, I thought it was stupid. And then I got there and I did it and I thought it was awesome. So it was a bizarre <laughs> thing. Yep. Oh man. That's telling how I got hooked. Yep. Just yeah. go out there, sit and then, and ask, and then ask a bunch of questions either during or after you go out and sit. And I realized, wow, I was out there sitting for 40 minutes and I never once noticed the wind or any smells. And yet there, <laughs> there was definitely air movement. Like, wow, I am missing a lot. And that was, I, yeah, I mean, I'm still missing a lot, but I've just loved the journey of discovering and just going out and sitting. So yeah. My two cents. I need to go in a few minutes and help one neighbor with a chicken and another neighbor with their sheep. So, um, so we got to wrap it up. We didn't get to talk about what I wanted to talk about. I know. Well, I'm happy to just to chat with you on any other hour that you need a podcast. <laughs> we will have uh, to make do. For sure. I, I, uh, I think that the important things I wanted to get across about residual income streams I did. Oh, yes. Great. Let's wrap that bundle. So I think I think that's an, and I hope that I gave you some ideas to kind of get a new product started. Um, I mean, there's there's got to be like a hundred ways to make residual income streams. Um, I do want to make a quick comment that some of the feedback I've seen on the internet about residual income streams are that all of the current things are currently swamped, and so yeah. there's nothing you can do because they're all already so overloaded with stuff, and it's kind of like. I think that that, for anybody uttering those words, that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And for myself, for all the things that I've made, and it's like, for all the, for, for everything I have right now, it all came from residual income streams. Mm-hmm. It all just built up to be so much that I can do all the things. I'm feeding all these people here, and I'm paying for all these projects here, and I'm subsidizing our events, and all these things are coming from dominantly well, Kickstarter plus my residual income streams. And mm-hmm. so, but it's like, I just gave stuff away for free with no thought. And then it's like, I made a whole bunch of YouTube videos. And then after I made like 50 YouTube videos, that's when YouTube started doing the thing of like, hey, is it okay if we give you money for that? We'll like run some ads and then you'll get like some money. Is that okay? Would you be okay with that? Mm. And I said, uh, all right, I guess. And then I started getting money. Hmm. And it's like, then um, Google came out with this thing one day where they're like, we got these Google banners. We'll just give you money for them. And it's like, all right, well, I got a whole bunch of web pages that I already made for free and I'm not getting any money out of them. And so I stuck it on there and sure enough, I got money for a while. <laughs> and then it, it eventually shriveled up to nothing. But um, the key is, is that you start with something free and people are saying stuff like, uh, like there's too many people in that market. There's no way that you could possibly make any money there because there's too many people there now. And it's kind of like, um, I think that that person needs to go get a regular worky job. Hmm. But I think, I think that other people can go and do it anyway and they just create stuff because it's fun to create stuff. And then, um, and there'll be no money from that, but later this whole new media thing will open up and it'll, and it'll be like, oh, it turns out I have like three years worth of stuff 
that'll totally fit into this new media thing. And that would be fun. And then you move it all over. And then next thing you know, it turns out it was a great match. And then there's a whole bunch of residual income. It's so I kind of feel like if a person's like, I'm not going to make it unless I make money, they're not going to make the thing. Right. But if you're making it because you think it'll be cool and you're happy to give it away for free, and then later an opportunity to monetize shows up, and it's like, oh, okay. It's kind of like making a bunch of blogs for free, and then one day you're like, I'm going to spend an hour and glue all these pieces together to make a shitty ebook, hmm. and then and sell it. And then you're I like, think- and one thought is, is like, why would anybody buy that when it's all available for free already on my blog? And it's like, that's a great question, and I have no answer because people do. <laughs> People I know. Yep, just let's just go with what people actually do and we're gonna come out ahead. Um it makes me want to just put those journals up for free I mean, you know, tinker with them and just put stuff up for free on my website. Like that's that actually sounds like way more fun. You could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean I'm not sure I would do that. I mm-hmm. think I would rather make a, a blog. You know, like, here it is. And then people are like, I want to, I don't want to read your stupid blog. I want it to be in a PDF. It's like, all right, I can do that here. But, you know, I set it up so it costs you $3. And they're like, I don't care about it costing $3. I just want to read it as a PDF. All right, there you go. And I got $3. (laughs) And then. And then in time, you know, it's like it turns out there's a bunch of people that are kind of like that, and they're glad to fork over the three dollars. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, okay, that yeah. works. So, um, <clears throat> all right, um, I've got lots, lots, lots more to say, but you know, you need to run away, and we're past our time. Yeah. But, um, uh, any other last second things you want to squeeze in? I think this is a good digestible chunk. Thank you so much. I hope it wasn't too painful for you, and I certainly enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Thanks for everything you do. You're just incredibly generous, and I keep hearing from so many people who benefit from kind of the empire that you have gotten rolling. So, hooray. I like to think I help a lot of people, and I feel good about that, and it's fun. Mm -hmm. And and so um, I've got – yeah, blah blah blah. No, but thank you for the kind words. I feel like uh, uh, um, uh, it's still soul building for me to hear the kind words, um, even though lots of people say lovely things to me all the time. And of mm. course, there's some unkind people too. But uh, <laughs> I find if I just stick to looking at permies, I don't see the unkind stuff as much. <laughs> yeah. Good plan. Well, yeah. Happy soul building wherever you are, and yeah. All right. If you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com, where we talk about the stuff that Alexia Allen's doing, homesteading, and permaculture all the time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.